Hi, this is James Intracasso, host of Tabletop Babble, and you're listening to Redemption. This is Redemption, an actual play podcast set in the Star Wars role-playing game system. Hey everybody, it's Chris. Before we jump into this little bonus episode, I just want to take a minute and say, I know the world is a little crazy right now. I know for myself, it's been a little rough because I'm somebody who likes to talk and likes to be around people. And lately, it's been rough to do that. Now, to help myself, I've been doing a lot of these little bonus episodes as well as jumping on and just talking with people. Please use our Discord channel to meet people. Use it to talk with people. I know uh, last Friday I got together with a few people. I just want to say, you know, it was a ton of fun. I think we talked for about three, four hours. We talked a lot of Star Wars and just a lot of other things going on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, It helps me recharge myself, and I hope it helps other people recharge themselves. So, again, please feel free to use our Discord and meet people, talk with people, and let's take care of each other right now. And if you're not part of our Discord channel, please uh, send a tweet to myself or to the show. Uh, Either hit at RedemptionPod or at Burlu underscore Chris. We'll get you an invite to the Discord channel. It's a free app you can put on a phone or a computer. And it's really nice, simple way to just interact with people. Enough of me rambling. Here's the show. It is a bonus episode. It's it's the one I've been talking about. It's the one that uh, is just myself and another player. We go back and forth with game mastering. I think I explained the concept when we actually get into it. So I'm going to shut up and let you listen to the show. Thank you guys very much for listening. And again, jump into our Discord if you'd like. We love having people to interact with. On with the show. Well, welcome to a little bonus episode. I'm Chris, the Game Master here at Redemption. And today I have got an incredible story planned with an incredible gamer. I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself, Kyle. Tell us about yourself. Oh, good. I thought there was somebody else that was going to join. And I was like, (laughs) who's this incredible person? I'm just a normal schmuck. Uh, But I'm (laughs) Kyle, and I'm here today jubilant to play. And you can find me normally um, every other week on the Flight Risk podcast or every week on Tavern Tales and Tavern Tales Jr. Well, today's show is going to be a little different than the normal show we do here on Redemption. Normally, uh, we have our long-term storyline, but today is just a one-shot with myself and Kyle. And it's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. And when I say really long time, like since I was in high school. so probably close to almost 30 years now because I'm old and I've never really had a system that would make this work and I've never really had a player slash game master that I thought could really work with me on it until now. So just to kind of give everybody an idea, we're going to do a four act little story here where we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to use the term game mastering kind of loosely, more like a story guide. The idea is we're going to be balancing things back and forth. Uh, a little give and take with kind of the narrative control. And in between the acts, we're actually going to advance our characters because this story is going to take place over uh, roughly nine years. And just to give you an idea, we are starting this during the Army of Light versus the Brotherhood of Darkness War. So I believe it's 1010 BBY. And for those that aren't huge Star Wars nerds like myself, 
This is back when the Sith got rid of the title Darth. They formed an army called the Brotherhood of Darkness, led by uh, Shere Khan. And they were at war with the Army of Light. And the Army of Light was formed by the Jedi Lord Hoth, who grew tired of the Jedi just sitting back and waiting. And he started the Army of Light, and they would grab every Force-sensitive person they could and throw them into the army. Even people with minor Force abilities were given a job within the army. So you might be a sniper, you might be a foot soldier, or you might be given a lightsaber. We are actually going to just be playing two characters. Kyle is going to be playing the Jedi Knight, who is my, quote, master. Now I say, quote, master, because during the Army of Light, they didn't have your traditional Padawan role. Uh, Jedi would take on several different apprentices, and then they would train them. That just gives you a little backstory on kind of the setting. Also, we are modifying the rules a little bit. The reason I say we're modifying the rules, we are using the morality and conflict in a way. And I say in a way because by the end of this story, one of our characters is going to go dark. But neither Kyle or I know who that is. Every time we roll our force dice, we're just going to make a note when we actually have to use a dark side point. We're not going to be flipping over any of the light side destiny points to show that we used it. We're just going to write it down. We're not going to tell each other. We're just going to let that influence how the story is going. And in the final scene, Kyle and I will type in what our conflict is so each other can see it, and we're going to play that out. Now, for everybody who's really interested, after the story's done, we're going to, I should say, I'm going to edit it so that all of the rule stuff that we do, all of the character advancement and the discussion about conflict will be afterwards. We want the story to be told, and then you can hear the mechanics. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, also, any other time we do something that might earn us conflict, we're just going to write the number down. We're not going to tell anybody. We want that to be revealed in the final scene. And when I say revealed, that's revealed to us and you guys, because we don't know right now. So we'll see how it goes. Did I miss anything, Kyle? Nope. Awesome. Well, then let's jump into the story. Camera opens up. We see a tall plateau. It's jutting up out of a sea of fog, and it's roughly 15 meters wide, and from four different directions, we see these bridges, just these walking bridges that connect. And at the plateau, you see a small, kind of pleasant, relaxful part. And from the western bridge, out of the fog, we see a male Zabrak walk out. Average height, average build. He has very tan skin. And his horns, uh, they are very prominent. He's very proud of them. He's wearing a very dark brown robe. And he steps into the park. And he looks over towards the eastern bridge. And he just says, I know you are here. You've been tracking me for a long time. Please, Master Sokan, step out so we can get this over with. And off the eastern bridge, we see... Male Togruta rolls into view. He's got blue skin with grayish face painting of the patterning that you can see from the Togruta. One of his tall headtails, the Montrals and the headtails itself, one of them is cut, shorn. 
there is no tail there any longer from potentially some injury that he suffered at some point. And he's wearing disheveled clothes, food stained down his pant legs, and uh, no boots at all. And he, with chagrin and maybe a slight amount of annoyance, smiles lightly and said, You've sensed me well. You do not hide yourself very well, my master. You have always known my presence. But it's fine. Let it be this. Let it be here on this plateau where we bring this to a final conclusion. Yes, it has been building up for a long time. We both knew this day would come. I had hoped it would not. I had hoped you would join me. There is still time. You could. It is you who have forgotten. If we had just freed Iridonia and my people, it would not have come to this. But you would not let that happen. You never consider the future of your actions. You're always thinking about the here and the now, Amir. You have known from a very long time that this is the only thing I want. My people will be freed. Ah. I cannot support you. Ever since our first meetings, you have been so difficult. He rises from the crouch and stalks the edge of the plateau, his toe tracing the edge of it, knocking loose scree down below with light pattering and skittering of rocks. His eyes occasionally flicker away from a meal, and he says, This is not unfamiliar to me, a meal. This conflict between us seems to have always been there since our first meetings. Yes. I remember. And then the camera fades to black, and then it comes back up, and what do we see? See the inside of a ship. It's in hyperspace, moving quickly through. We see Sokan flying the ship, and he's younger. Both of his head tails are there, but his mantrals are not as tall as they were moments ago on camera. You can tell he's younger. His clothing is crisp and clean, and he flies with purpose. And he smiles, and he looks over at the young Zabrak beside him. You see a preteen Zabrak. His horns have not quite grown in. They're just starting to poke through. And he's a little eager, kind of bouncing in the seat next to him. Are we there yet? Patience is important. I will tell you, Emil, I am... I am nervous. You are my first disciple to teach in the Army of Light. You are my first soldier under my command. And I am eager to tell you all I know. But now we must land upon this planet, for there is a flower here, and I know not why it is important. The nectar of this flower is important for some reason. Between us and for the people, let us go. Ship 
flies down into the atmosphere and we see a swampy, murky-looking planet filled with wildlife and rotting vegetation where creatures move amongst the muck in assiduous and worrisome ways. The ship lands, immediately begins to sink, and Sokan climbs out of the top of the ship and leaps to a small patch of mossy ground that initially seems to bear his weight for a moment or two. And he looks back to Emil and he says, Come. Yes, Master. And Emil leaps up there as well. What we are looking for is a a small flower. I've seen it in my vision. It is white with blue striping. The opposite of me. Why didn't I see that before? But be wary of me. This planet is rife with natural predators and dangers that will try to catch you unawares. I will be vigilant, Master. Is there anything else I should know? Yes, but I have not figured out what that is yet. I will not let you down. What direction should we start in? Perhaps I will take my direction from your sense of the Force. What direction do you feel we should start in? You see Emil close his eyes, and he focuses his energy through the Force, trying to reach out. And I have no sense or anything like that, so... <laughs> After a little bit, he opens his eyes. I... I cannot sense anything, Master. Is it me? Or is it this planet? Oh... Well, I cannot tell you if it is you or the planet itself, but I know where the end result is. There is a great tree, and this flower grows upon it. There is a darkness beneath the tree. I do not know where it is, but it is for us to find, and if that is the case, we will find it. Pick a direction at random, my apprentice. And we shall see it out. Very well. Then let us go north. Sokan quickly looks at a compass. He goes, ah, yes. And then he points, hoping Emil did not see the compass. He didn't. He's busy (laughs) still trying to connect with the force. And they proceed north through the uh, brambles. Uh, And then we're going to have to make a vigilance check. Okay. What is the difficulty? Two purple. Why <laughs> I DM. <laughs> I don't know. I have four failures and three advantages. I rolled two failures on each die. Wow. Okay, so Sokan has got two successes and a threat. I know what the threat is. So the vigilance is very poor on the part of Emil as we're traveling north towards the tree. We get there, because that's the whole purpose of this, and you can see it in the distance. But we have failed to detect, or at least Emil has, and Emil's out front, and he's he sees the tree first, but he fails abominably at detecting the violence that is swirling in the murk of the swamp around us as... He's caught up 
in the trap that's been laid before him where a monstrous looking beast with eight limbs and two heads rears up out of the muck of the swamp. It has little spiny hairs very occasionally across its entire form. And the body is this weird, bulky sack of four almost arthropodic uh, connective pieces. And the limbs, four of them sit up top of the other four. And those those ones that hold the entire thing upright are a little bit bigger than the other ones. And there are fierce-looking, sharp pincers at the bottoms of each of the, the limbs itself. It clacks abominably and uh, moves towards a meal. Whose eyes are focused on the tree and he's just rushing forward. Master, I found it. Here. I kind of picture that one of the limbs just slams a meal to the mossy bank that he has skipped onto, and that's where we would start initiative. All right. Perfect. But... Emil has some advantages, so how would you like to play those advantages out? Uh, I'm going to give myself a boost die on my next roll to get out. Emil, in his haste, rushing forward, also isn't concerned about all of the swamp, and he's coated himself in different mud and different <laughs> slimes from the travels through the swamp. He's just rushing forward, not even paying attention. Uh, Sokon is paying close attention and he is still crisp and pristine with barely a trace of muck on the bottoms or the sides of his of his footwear as he's wearing uh, big heavy boots and I think we need to make uh, initiative checks right yep okay well I have one success and three advantage but the beast itself has four successes wow one success one advantage for me all right, so it'll be the monster and then two PC slots. Yep. The monster is going to... It's going to use one of its limbs to push Emil further into the bank, keep him there, and trap him up. And it's going to use the other to make a, a swipe at Sokon. So he has two successes and two threats to hit Sokon. So he hits Sokon. Okay, so he does six damage to Sokon. Okay. So the beast rears out. Sokon does not have his lightsaber. He reaches for it, but there's no time. As the beast with one of its pinchers slashes brutally into Sokon, cutting him in the thigh and lacerating it wickedly. As you can see now, closer up, that there are tiny serrated edges on each of these pincers as it cuts deeply into the leg of Sokan and he stumbles back. The threat that's opened up is it's attempting to do two actions. Okay. It is additionally taking on this additional threat. It's got a black die from that as it pushes a meal further into the bank. Uh, what's your brawn? Two. No, it has one threat, zero successes. So it does not gain any additional dice to hold you there other than what initially has happened. So it has three brawn for you to make your check. If you would like to go next, or would you like Sokon to go? Uh, I think we'll have Emil go next. Sure, yeah. And, and this is a pretty big creature, you said? Yes, twice the size of uh, both of our characters. 
Got it. As a maneuver, Emil is going to pull out his lightsaber. And as his action, he is going to attempt to cut the creature, the limb that's holding him down. Sounds great. Uh, does a creature have any defense? Yes, it has three. All right. Well, that's better. I got three successes. Holy. Advantages and everything canceled out. It will take 13 damage from the lightsaber as Emil pulls it out and flicks his wrist and cuts up through the creature's limb. Great. And that frees himself in the same course. Of, oh, you don't have any advantages, so you're still trapped there, hey? Yep. Does Emil say anything when he scores his first hit with a lightsaber? You hear a little kind of a giggling sound as he's excited. <laughs> Master, I, I, I can do it. Don't be mindful of your joy in this. We are attacking a living creature, Emil. As Sokon pulls his lightsaber out, he has a, a green lightsaber with a curved handle. He lights it up, pointing down and away from him, and he leaps forward to stab the creature brutally in one of the heads. I, I don't think he's going to be too successful in this, but we'll see. So two failures, but two advantages. So I'll say he's distracted it. Hasokan moves forward and waves the lightsaber in an intricate pattern, attempting to score a hit on the creature, missing, but distracting the creature enough that makes it easier for Emil to get up on his turn. Okay. The creature is going to attempt to take a bite out of Emil, since he feels like his meal is about to get away from him. <laughs> and so that will be up against your defense. It's going to be the two purple with one black. All right, he has a success and one threat. The bite does five damage. Okay. How is Emil doing? Not too bad. As the bite comes down, Emil manages to move to the side just enough. The bite scrapes down his leg, leaving him with a nasty little cut. Excellent. Would Emil like to go next, or should it be Sokan this time? Uh, go ahead and we'll have Sokan go. Makes sense. He's got his whirling, spinning lightsaber in motion. He crouches and drives forward trying to stab into the carapace or one of the heads, if he can get it, of the creature. Two advantages. No failures this time, just two advantages. Emil is looking up above this creature, and above he sees tall trees, and he sees one of the limbs. Looks like it's old and dead. So he is going to try to reach out with the force and pull that limb down and have it land on top of the creature. Awesome. I'm going to use move, and I do have the ability of hurl. Of course, my discipline is not the greatest. We're in short range, correct? Mm-hmm. Emil pulls this limb down, and it hits the creature's tough hide and slides down, and I have two advantages, no successes. Lands on one of the limbs and kind of pins it down, making it a little more difficult for it to attack. Nice. Give it an extra black die on its next attack. It is now the creature's turn. Uh, one of the heads leans in to bite brutally at Emil. And I have two threats and one success. It's five more damage. Okay. And these two threats. Uh, it's going to take some strain, I think, at this point, because it hasn't taken any yet. All right. Uh, and now it is a Sokan or Emil's turn again. Emil sees the creature leap forward to bite into him, and it exposes its neck to him just for a second, so he's going to try to take a swipe yes. at it. It's just one success. Oh, wow, really? 11 more damage to it. I love it. There will no advantages or threat. 
It was either successes or failures on the dice. I, I love it as well because you rolled and I rolled for Sokan's strike with his lightsaber as well. And I got one success as well and nothing else. All my dice show a whole bunch of things, but they've nice. all canceled out each other to leave me with one success. So Emil cuts just below the neck uh, into one of those fleshy abdomens and cuts deeply because he does quite a bit of damage, right? 12 damage with a lightsaber? 11 on that attack. So cuts deep, brutally into the creature. It creels with a a chittering sound uh, as its mandibles clack together. The eyes, the multiple eyes that it has, widen abruptly in the one head. And when Sokan cuts into the other abdomen, the other flesh sack part of this creature, it shrieks and goes limp. And the four limbs that were connected to this bit suddenly fall lifeless to the ground. But the other four limbs, the other head that was connected to this other bits, stand for their first time as both Sokan and Emil realize we were not fighting one creature. We were fighting two creatures in the act of mating that we had stumbled upon, and we've killed the female beneath the male. And the male, the smaller one, lets out a creel of anger and agony at the loss of its mate and moves to strike at Sokan. Oh, and not getting any successes at all and just achieving a single threat. It stumbles over the body of its mate, and there's a terrible, wicked hook that's coming from the the reverse back of the creature. You can tell that that's what it uses to latch on, to, to hold itself tightly to its mate, and it stumbles and opens itself to an attack from Emil, if Emil would like to go next. Sure. Here comes the lightsaber strike. Three successes with three threats. Meal definitely opens himself up. You want to just take strain from that threat? Sure, I can do that. You've cleaved deeply into it, maybe even lopped off one of the legs of this creature. It is smaller, but it is faster, and you have uh, brutally, brutally struck it. Hokan sighs, always disappointed to take a life, and moves to strike it himself. Failing three times, he as well trips on the spasming limbs of the dying female and falls into the murk of the swamp below and vanishes immediately without a trace. There's a a bubble and a sizzle from his lightsaber as it enters the water, which quickly turns off. Which asks me, what color is Emil's lightsaber? Uh, blue. That leads it to the creature's turn. It laughs excitedly at the complete failure of a Sokan, attempts to strike at Emil. Just one success from this creature, and when it attacks and it bites in, it only does four damage. Okay. It's not as big and strong and powerful as its uh, mate. Adding more scratches to Emil and more small lacerations, yep. but nothing real deep quite yet. What would Emil like to do? Because Sokan's gone. (laughs) (laughs) He is going to uh, use the force and jump over to where 
SoCon was, and he's going to start looking for it. Force die, so yes, I can jump over there using the force, and then as my uh, maneuver, he's also going to take kind of a defensive position over the area where SoCon disappeared and try to protect him from any attacks the creature might do. SoCon is going to swim and try to get up <laughs> out of this muck. That's what he spends his turn trying to do. He has a failure with two advantages, so he sinks further but he's able to pull out his rebreather so he doesn't start to choke on the swamp and the muck that he's down below. But he does reach out with the force and he does sense where his uh, trainee is and knows where to go to get back to him. The creature leaps. Maybe it's trying to do the same thing that Emil just did. Chitters angrily in that wicked looking hook comes into bear and it attempts to stab into and latch on itself to a meal and to turn him into a meal i have a triumph an advantage and a failure okay i think for the triumph he's gonna land on a meal and push a meal down okay. but i think the failure means he doesn't manage to get a the hook into a meal properly you said this one's not quite as big as the other one? It's almost as big as a meal, but not quite as. The two combined together were twice the size of the two of us. Roughly the size of a, of a person. Picture a mountain lion that is like a four-limbed arachnoid. Gotcha. Since this thing is on top of a meal, mm -hmm. he is going to try to focus his energy within the force, and he's going to try to use uh, the move ability to throw this thing off to him. Wow. I have to make a discipline check, and it would be against its discipline slash its will, whatever its willpower is. Yeah, it has two will, but that upbraids one of those purples to a red, correct? For the triumph from the last one. And let's yep, just flip. Did we roll force and destiny dice, or? Uh, we're just going to go too light, too dark. Let's just flip one of those uh, dark to light. All right. And, uh, and make you roll to red. Perfect. Especially since the meal is not strong with uh, discipline. So. I hope you got awesome. lots of symbols to try to count this time. I do. So I have a despair, <laughs> one threat, and one success net. Wow. He manages to throw the creature off. Yep. And throws it short range away. Uh, since I did hurl, that does 10 wounds minus its soap. Okay, yeah. And what would you like the despair to be? I was going to say that he, instead of throwing it away, he just throws it straight up. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> and does Emil say anything when he does this hurl of the creature? Get off of me. Oh, master, that didn't work. Comes rushing down towards it, but it is Sokan's turn. So he's going to try to swim out of this muck. So he just has a single threat and he has attracted a some sort of eel or something in the murk of the swamp that thinks that he might be delicious prey. It's like a coral snake sort of thing. Mm. And he's just trying to swim away from that now and taking a strain in doing so in his desperate attempt to return to the surface. Uh, so that would be Sokan's turn. It is the creature's turn. It is rushing headlong towards a meal. Uh, two purple, one black, but I'm going to say it's got an additional black because it's coming down from above. Okay. And I'm going to upgrade one of your purples to a red for it and flip one of these back for us here. So we're back to two and two. 
and it does not get any successes, just an advantage. I'm going to say it lands on its limbs in such a way as to still be balanced and still be looming over Emil, who is again on the ground. It's like Emil spends the entire adventure laying on his back while Sokan tries to just deal with the environment. Emil realizes that his uh, attempt at throwing this creature away didn't work. Mm. He's going to grab his lightsaber and try to slice at the creature who's right above him. Nice. And unfortunately, the creature, when it landed, one of its arms is pinning Emil's arm down, so he's just trying to flip with his wrist and can't quite get his wrist to go there. I ended up with uh, one failure and one threat. Wow, yeah. Yep, you don't succeed. What do you want to do with the threat? I think this is slowly starting to push Emil into the mud, <laughs> and it's making it more difficult for him to move. Yeah, okay, I love it. Sokan has finally breached the surface with a triumphant display, landing in the muck on the edge of the bank. His toe pulls along the edge of the surface, and he knocks a couple of bits of mud and loose vegetation into the mud and the murk of the swamp around him. The coral snakes swim away, but he's taken two more strain as a result of this uh, this attempt. And that was his turn. The creature will attempt to bite, hopefully scoring a blow this time, on a meal. I have one success and two threats. So it drives one of its pincers into the abdomen of Emil. Yet another scratch, no doubt, for our well and brawny Zabrak. Uh, but the threat means it's going to take some more strain. Go ahead and let Sokan go. He sees his first apprentice pinned underneath this creature getting slowly chewed on. <laughs> Very slowly picked and pinpricked throughout. Dripping with water, Sokan's rebreather still in his mouth. He reignites his lightsaber and says, Not today. Not my first one. And he leaps forward to strike at the creature. Failing. No successes, no advantages, just a failure. And he feels like one. Emil's going to take another flip of the wrist and try to hit the creature with his lightsaber. Love it. Wow. Interesting roll. So I have three successes, a triumph, and fourth threat. Wow. Okay. I think for the triumph, uh, he manages to strike at the creature's limb, and it'll do 13 damage. And at the same time, he manages to push himself out from underneath the creature, and he's going to take his maneuver to maneuver next to uh, Sokan. And he just looks over and says, Master, together, shall we? Sokan, he just sighs and says... Emil, look at what you've done. Because Emil hasn't cut one of the limbs. Emil's cut the hook on the back of this creature. But when it falls free, a torrent of internal fluids rush out of the creature and it falls limply and lifelessly to the ground. One of its limbs stretched out towards its mate, but not quite reaching it. Emil looks at Sokan. A little bounce in his step. He's proud. We did it. I've never seen a creature like this. We don't have these on Iridonia. And when he says the name of the planet, his shoulders kind of drop and he kind of looks away. Once we have this flower, 
Can we go there and free my people? I do not know if that is our path, my apprentice. I only know what is put in our way. You've done well. Your lightsaber training has been effective. Thank you. I appreciate your reservation in attacking and letting me do the majority of it. Right. Yes, well, I definitely needed to explore the inner workings of the... One's footwork is always the most important part of lightsaber training. I should be well to remember that. Yes. Shall we continue looking for the plan? Yes, let's shall. He stoops and in so doing places his rebreather back in its pouch. And he picks up the wicked looking hook sharp on the inside edge of it. And he proffers it to Emil and says, your first kill, I am not one to take a trophy. But if you wish something to remember this experience by, this would be the thing to take. Is that the Jedi way? It all depends on what your intention is in the remembrance of these creatures. He ponders that for a few minutes and looks at the hook and then slips it into his backpack. It shall be a reminder to be aware of my surroundings and to be mindful of all living thing. Yes, Emil. Spend less time looking at the destination and more on where you are. I shall. Do you see the tree? Do you see the flower? I see the tree. And he walks forward and starts looking in the area that he was told the flower would be in. Yeah, he sees the flower almost immediately. It is here, Master. And the camera looks down at the white flower with the blue stripes. And the camera fades away and as a camera comes back in, the white and blue from the flower becomes the white and blue within Sokan's eyes. And we see the dirty, barefoot adult Sokan standing on the plateau across from the adult Emil. You should never have taken that hook, Emil. It sunk its barb deep inside of you. Perhaps. Or perhaps it's just a reminder of times when things were simpler. It also is not the first time we were sent on a mission and ended up leaving with nothing. Those flowers were nothing more than a test. I only worked to perceive the living force and act under its guidance. It was not that a force that sent us to Utapau. It was Lord Hoth. It was there we should have kept what we found. But Lord Hoth insisted it go to him. I knew you would bring up Utapau. I knew. Let's just let this confrontation be an end. Are you afraid to relive that? You were less than stellar in that one. And that's when the camera fades. And we fade back in as we see Emil. It's apparent that a, a few years have passed as his horns are growing a little bigger. He's a little taller. 
He's got uh, that look on his face of the teenager who knows everything. And he is currently working his way down into one of the sinkholes. And he looks back over at uh, Sokan. I will race you to the bottom, Master. And he smiles. Sokan is wearing new clothes. Uh, his shoes are new. He's wearing his lightsaber openly, and it looks like it's been modified and uh, added to. The curve to it has grown even longer as the curving mantles that rise up like horns above him have grown as well. He has started to develop worry and frown lines, especially around his eyes, as Emil's uh, jubilance and excitement washes over to him and he frowns and says, everything is a contest with you, my apprentice. And then he dashes. <laughs> as Sokan is dashing and Emil realizes it, he smiles and starts dashing with him and says, the faster we get done with this master, the faster we get to Iridania and freeing my people. And they race to get to the bottom. And when they get to the bottom, it's very rocky it's a very sandy terrain and as they're walking they have to carefully pay attention to where they're stepping because they know that at any time a sinkhole can form as this planet is known to have uh, large subterranean oceans and bodies of water that can cause unpredictable sinkholes and as they go along which one of us has the highest stealth uh I think it's me. Yep. Yeah. You? I am the shadow. You can just make a stealth roll for the two of us. The difficulty would be uh, two purple. And give yourself a blue die. These guys are not really paying attention to what you're doing. Sure. And because I am the shadow, um, he'll also spend a destiny point to make himself undetectable via the via force powers and make his own powers go unnoticed for the remainder of the encounter. If there is one. All right. Perfect. All dice have canceled out. Okay. <laughs> I rolled two yellow. Oh, I, I missed one green. Let's see if that green gives me anything. Oh, the green gives me a success and advantage. So that's what I have as a success and an advantage. They don't notice you guys coming up. And as Emil and Sokan are sneaking through the various piles of sand and small caves that are formed, and they're keeping well to the shadows... Eventually, they come up over a ridge, and they look down, and they see along the side of one of these valleys, human and a Rodian, both on the back of these medium-sized uh, lizards. They have mostly a greenish scales with a long mane along their tail that looks like bright blue feathers. It's got a face that comes to very much a point, and it's got a beak or a mouth. And around its top of its head has several bright green and blue feathers. I'll let you roll a xenology check. Okay. That's easy to fail at. I'll just be too purple, because these are not uncommon creatures. Two successes and two threats. Alright. These are, I pronounce it, varactyl. Hmm. I hope that's how I'm saying it right. Uh, these are common mounts here on this planet. Are they the ones that go... Uh, for those that aren't super familiar with them, 
uh, in Revenge of the Sith, that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi was riding along the back of when he was in the battle with all of the people in that area. And they aren't paying attention to you guys. You notice the uh, human, he is holding out a hand and continuing to pick up a rather large boulder. And I say large, it's the size of a small spaceship. Whoa. And he is throwing it from one side of the valley to the other. And the Rodian seems to have his eyes closed. He seems to just be in some sort of meditative trance. He's going to get a roll. Ooh. I rolled a failure with one threat. He is in this strange meditative stance there on the back of this Arachtal. And Sokan, you realize he is reaching out with a force trying to find all the living beings in the area. And he is trying to sense where they are. You know he can't sense you. And I do not know these two, right? You do not. I will attempt to suppress his abilities. All right. Your discipline against one red and one purple. And then roll your two force dice to see whether you're using the light side or the dark side. And I can commit to this too. Okay. I have two successes and an advantage. And we're not talking about how uh, our uh, force dice came up, right? Correct. You can tell that you have suppressed his ability to detect yourself and Emil. And I will commit my force di- my force power to uh, sustain an ongoing effect of this. Okay. Troll, any advantages or threat? Uh, one advantage. Okay. The advantage is you get a very distinct feeling from him that he is tapped into the dark side of the force and that his intentions are not pleasant. Be mindful of these two, my apprentice. They are wielders of the dark side. And the Rodian is attempting to sense us. I will suppress what I can. Very well. Are these the two Lord Hoth sent us after? The two that have found the Force artifact? And do you see anything about their personage? That's when Emil pulls out a pair of uh, macro binoculars. He's going to take some time and look at them. Yes, Master. The Rodian seems to be clutching something about his neck. And the human, the only arm he has extended has a very old, dark-looking bracer on it. It looks not made of leather, of some other material, almost obsidian. I will attempt to sense this. Alright. Which dots do I have in sense? No, okay. I think sense is just for living things, isn't it? It's not for a force and whatnot. You could reach out and sense their emotional state. Yep. Let's, let's do that, too. Let's, uh, you up the range though you guys are medium range yeah they aren't really paying attention so they're not actively trying to resist so just roll your force die you know if you're running good side or bad side okay so can you get a feeling from these two it's an excitement uh, especially from the human and you can tell his intentions are murderous he is excited to use these he's excited to use this new power to throw things to hurt people mm. he does not have good intentions with this uh, you get images that flash through your head of him rolling these large boulders through uh, other soldiers that are wearing the army of light symbol uh, the Rodian 
he is excited because no longer will he miss sensing any scouts that come in and you get an image of snipers taking aim and him sneaking up on them and just smiling and taking them out those are the images that are flashing through their heads as they're daydreaming about how to use their newfound power through these items we are going to have to take these from these dark side users my apprentice Emil their intentions are very impure I do not see a way through their thoughts to finding compassion from them I understand what tactics would you suggest should we use our advantage from up here and he's looking at you and he picks up his lightsaber he motions and you know he can throw it and bring it back to him that will help one of us otherwise we would have to charge into battle i will reach out and try to suppress the other force user as his ability to move appears to be greater than yours i will do what i can and commit what i can and then we will rush them very well all right roll the uh discipline against discipline check again it's just the one red one purple yeah and your force die uh, and then since I have two and this is my second commit I won't have any more force yet correct any until I choose to turn off those two suppressions correct okay at least they won't see us coming all right here's open <laughs> whoa two success one threat as I reach out and suppress and then commit to that suppression on the ability of this other this human to throw giant rocks around all right perfect i don't see any point in rolling initiative because the pcs are going to get the first shot because they are surprising the npcs so socon has reached out and done his suppress a meal he sees that you have completed that assuming that socon gives him a nod and he is going to use his saber throw to throw it i love it he's hoping he can do enough to get it back so he throws his saber. We see the blue lightsaber go spinning through the air and it zips right over the head of the human. And <laughs> as it zips past him, it then arcs and comes right back to Emil's hand and he catches it. And he looks over at Sokan, kind of shrugs his shoulders and then as a maneuver is going to then force leap and land next to them. Now he force leaps and lands closer to them and begins running towards them. He can't quite jump from medium to engaged quite yet. But he is charging towards them, and the lightsaber has come back to his hand. They now know that you guys are there, because a lightsaber just went zinging past one of their heads. I feel like they know that Emil is there. They don't know that Sokan is there, because okay. he's slipped into the shadows, and he's sidled to the side and come around to catch the Rodian unawares. Fair enough. The uh, Rodian turns around, and he sees Emil there, charging forward. He kicks his mount, the Varactyl, and the Varactyl is charging towards, and he pulls out a heavy blaster pistol and is firing Ooh. at Emil. He ends up with one total success. Hits for eight damage, minus wounds, or minus soak, and Emil gets hit. Uh, Sokai can see that it... It injures him, but not a, doesn't slow him down at all. He continues to run. The human turns, doesn't know that his powers are being suppressed, so he attempts to 
use the ability move and then stares at his arm kind of blankly as the power is being suppressed and then he realizes he can't use it and he kicks his mount in heading towards Emil. We're back to the top. I feel like Ahsokan has crept up on the Rodian unawares and as well as the Varactyl and he ignites his lightsaber and brings it down upon the hands of the Rodian to sever the Rodian's connection to the talisman that it's clutching. All right, perfect. Uh, roll your lightsaber check. Two purple and one black. It's just a difficulty. And does he get any additional blues for coming out of you know, the shadows? Yeah. Uh, he's not aware of you, so that would be two blues. Thank you for reminding me. You bet. And, uh, you know what? We're still sitting at three dark side, one light destinies. Correct. Let's flip one of those back to light and upgrade one of those purples to red. And I have rolled one success and one advantage. All right. It cuts deeply into the Rodian's arms and he lets go of the talisman. You can tell that that was a deep wound. And Sokan will say to the Rodian, uh, let go of the dark side. The light will triumph. He hisses at you and reaches for his blaster. And we jump over to Emil. He is charging the human. And because they human move forward and he's moving forward, they're going to become engaged. And he is going to try to hit him with his lightsaber. And because the human is on the back, the Varactyl, uh, he gets an extra black die just because he's got a little cover. Two successes, one advantage, and one triumph. Wow. He is actually going to go ahead and kick in uh, criticals with those. So with the lightsaber, it's already a vicious two. Uh, that's enough to do two more crits. Because lightsaber's crit on a one, plus 50 on the roll. So Emil leaps up and brings his lightsaber across the human's forehead, causing a deep cut across his forehead. And you can see the human shaking his head, and he's grabbing with one hand the wound. And you can see his eyes are slightly wild, as this attack has definitely surprised him and left him a little disoriented. It is their turn. He is going to attempt to shoot Emil. An extra black die because he's dazed. Two successes. Nine more. Minus soak. He hits Emil pretty strong. And the Varactyl is going to attempt to bite Emil at the same time. I think we'll flip over one of these light side and upgrade its attack. The difficulty. Ooh, nice. So now we have three light side and one dark? Correct. Uh, he fails with one advantage. So the Varactyl causes Emil to jump off to the side slightly, making it a little more difficult for him to hit next time. Rodian is going to use his first maneuver to pull out his blaster and take a shot at Sokan. And he misses with one advantage. I'll give the advantage to the Varactyl for trying to bite Sokan as well. Total of four failures with two advantages. Wow. That's a lot of failure. I rolled the most you can. Both purples have two and the black has one. Uh, so the advantages, uh, Varactyl reaches out to bite at Sokan and it causes Sokan to twist in a way that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And Sokan will take a black die on his next action. Back at the top. Sokan, what are you going to do? I want to get up close to the Rodian leaping onto the Varactyl as well and do a harm check with my power tree here. Okay. I've got this one called Control Critical, mm -hmm. where I make an opposed medicine versus resilience check. 
If the check succeeds, one target who suffers wounds also suffers one critical injury, adding plus 10 to the roll per two advantages. What's my opposed medicine plus resilience check? Two purple. Great. And I've got a black die from this as well. Correct. And then I think I have to put a force point into this. So I'll turn off my uh, one to suppressing him in the attempt to harm him. All right. Okay. I have a success and an advantage. All right. So he is going to take wounds equal to your intellect to start with. Yep. And that is two. Okay. You're going to do one critical. Yep. You said you only had one advantage, correct? Yep. All right. Roll your critical. 27. A discouraging wound. We will flip one light side destiny point to a dark side destiny point. Reverse if it's the NPC. Now we have four light side points. <laughs> All right. He takes the wounds, and you can tell he is barely holding on. He is wobbling in the saddle, almost like he's ready just to fall off. And then we jump over to Emil. He is going to force sleep onto the back of the Varactyl uh, that the human is on. Lands there, and he is going to try to swipe with his lightsaber. One success and one advantage. He lands on the back of the Varactyl, spinning his lightsaber. He cleaves the human in half. Whoa. And then with his advantage, he sits down in the saddle and grabs onto the reins. <laughs> what happened to the lower half of the guy? Uh, it fell off. Okay. <laughs> Didn't want to picture Emil sitting on it. Uh, the Rodian, uh, you have a hold of him. Yep. He's trying to kick you so you land in the sand so that the Varactyl can also attack. He does not want to uh, continue to let you hold on to him. He successfully kicks you. Brawl check. It would be a a whole whopping uh, three wounds minus your soap. Nothing, yeah. You land in the sand uh, next to him, but he has three threats. What would you like the threats to be? I think he falls off too. Perfect. I think the Varactyl is probably going to dash away as well. Given that it's not under anyone's control, and it didn't like the Rodian in the first place. All right, the Varactyl is starting to move away. We go back to the top. Sokan's gonna talk to the Rodian. Okay. He's gonna say, Rodian, it's over. Submit. I think that's a coercion check, because you're trying to kind of intimidate him. Sure. I don't feel like you're trying to charm him. Against his discipline, which is uh, a whopping two, so two purple. I'm going to flip one of these four light side points to give me um, an advantage okay. in here to have a to upgrade a green to a yellow. And yeah, since I, I had such a good understanding of him before with my sense check, do I get any blues from that? Yeah, put yourself a blue. He's pretty intimidated as well. So I have one success, but two threats. Okay. Take a couple strain. Because you're not used to really being the intimidating one. Sure. A little uncomfortable for you. This is new. The Rodian holds up his hands and drops to his knees. I surrender. Where did you get the artifacts? Where are you from? As you start to have this conversation, Emil rides up on the Varactyl that he's on. And he is struggling to control it. Because this Varactyl is not really (laughs) bonded to him. He's just doing his best to keep it in control. You hear the Rodian simply say, or I say that, I'm going to flip over this one dark side, because this is going to be uh, impactful. Uh, the Rodian looks at you and just says, I trained on the temple on Iridonia, which immediately Emil hears that his eyes get big. And you know this is not going to go good. Yep. I'll give Sokan a chance to react before Emil does anything. He didn't expect that answer at all. Sokan stoops down to pick up the... Um, trinket that had fallen to the ground and it's near him and it glittered and glistened in the sun 
briefly for a moment and he looks up only at the last second to hear the word Iridonia and his eyes go wide and he leaps forward hoping that he might be able to stop Emil. Emil is obviously very upset at that statement. That is the worst thing anybody could have said to him. I'm going to have him make a... Like a cool check would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Doesn't lose himself. Cool or discipline, really? Yeah, I feel like this is more cool. I agree. I'll make it a hard check. That is one failure with two advantages. Oh no! <laughs> so Emil, immediately hearing that, kicks the Varactyl on the side, pulling out his lightsaber, and he is making a dead charge at the Rodian. Uh, the advantage is that uh, he steers the Varactyl over Sokon. You see the bottom of the green and blue scaled lizard land and he is charging straight for the guy. I love it. Uh, Sokon attempts to interpose himself between the lightsaber and the Rodian. Okay. And he says do not go down this path as uh, Emil probably makes the swipe with the lightsaber. I'll make Emil's lightsaber versus uh, Sokon's. Sure. See if you can get it up in time. Ahsoka's lightsaber is three yellow, one green. I like this outcome. Same time, it'll be very interesting. I have one success with a despair and a threat. <laughs> Emil manages to strike, and Sokan gets the lightsaber yep. up. But Emil, since he's on top of the Varactyl, he's got the height. He brings it down, pushing Sokan's lightsaber down, striking the Rodian, cutting him deep in through the chest. I feel like it's awesome, but I want to add to the despair, too. I think that this is the moment where one of Sokan's headtails is cut. And in the lash with the lightsaber, he deflects it. But he deflects it in such a way that it's, it's doubtlessly contested between the two of them for years to come that Sokan's lightsaber was deflected back and cut off his own head tail. Or as he swept through, the deflection caused Emil's lightsaber to cut the head tail off before he cut the Rodian. And he rends this terrible wound to Sokan. And as that happens, the other Varactyl that the Rodian was riding has come over and is trying to help his former rider. Yeah. And in the process, the despair, Sokan, you feel the sand underneath your feet begin to give away. And you start to hear the Varactyl as it's making very panicked noises and it starts clawing, trying to get towards you. And you watch as what's left of the Rodian sink into the sand very quickly as a sinkhole is forming underneath Sokan and the other Varactyl. Nice. Sokan, make a athletics check. What's the difficulty? Uh, three purples. And go ahead and upgrade one of those purples to a red because of that despair. And I've rolled an advantage and a despair. Sokan is being pulled in and the advantage, uh, Emil, seeing this, he quickly reaches out with the force. and He is going to use move. Ooh. Try to pull Sokan up. Uh, the despair, I'll upgrade one of his difficulty. Uh, Sokan cries out in pain <gasps> from the loss of a head tail. Emil got one success and one advantage. Slowly, he's pulling him out, but underneath Sokan, the ground gives way very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you hear the Varactyl falling 
into a sinkhole. He disappears into the mist that's below, and we see Sokan kind of floating in the air as Emil slowly brings him back up on the solid ground and sets him down next to him. Ah! Ah! The trinket! Oh, did you... Was I... My head... My head tail! It is unfortunate. You made an unwise decision, my master. He is one that continues to suppress my people. You know that I will do whatever I can to free them. Emil, you acted with emotion and anger, not from a position and place of clarity and forethought. And you did not use any emotion in this fight? <sighs> it is just like you, Emil. To twist your own actions in some vain attempt to justify them against mine. Collect the items for Lord Hoth, my apprentice. And Emil gets off the Varactyl, slaps it on its haunches, and it runs away. And he picks up the talisman and the bracer. Why should we not keep them? You would defy Lord Hoth? Have we not earned them? Where is this coming from, my apprentice? At that, you see he's staring at the obsidian bracer, mm -hmm. and his eyes are kind of dilated. With these, we could free many systems. It is true that we could do so, but at what cost to ourselves? And then, are we not being receptive to the living force, my apprentice, instead of attempting to manipulate the force? I will think on it further. Let us return to the ship. Very well. But he never takes his eyes off the bracer. The camera zooms in on the dark black obsidian bracer, and then we see everything go black, and then we pan back out as we pan out, and we see it's the black pupil of Emil, and we see his brown eyes, and we're back on the plateau. Do we finally see that other hand um, come into view as he beckons towards... Uh... Sokan, and we see he's wearing the bracer? Nope, he gave it back. This does wrap up the first episode, which just has Acts 1 and 2. Tune in next time for Acts 3 and 4. Please, if you want, uh, after this, I did include uh, the talk Kyle and I did where we advanced our characters between Act 1 and 2, and how we advanced our characters between Acts 2 and 3. This has been a very fun project. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, next time, you'll get the Acts 3 four and then at the end you'll have the conversation kyle and i had when we advanced our characters between acts three and four as well as kyle and i are just going to talk about our general thoughts and feelings on how this whole process worked out how changing some of the rules worked and kind of how going back and forth with game mastering the different scenes worked uh if you have not heard kyle's podcast please check out flight risk it is a star wars actual play as well as he does Tavern Tales and Tavern Tales Jr. They're all amazing podcasts. Please check them out. I really have appreciated all of Kyle's work on this, and it's been a ton of fun. If you want to take a listen, here comes the advancement of our characters between Acts 1 and 2 and 2 and 3. And then again, tune in next time, and you'll get to hear the rest of the story. See who goes light side, who goes dark side. Will Emil get the chance to go to Iridonia and free his people, or... Will Iridonia continue to have a Sith Temple? We shall see. All right, so that was Act 1. 
Uh, this is going to be the advancing our characters. And we are advancing, uh, giving us ourselves 200 XP. Uh, main goal is to give ourselves another force die to increase our chances of the old conflict happening. So, I guess I should, we should probably describe the characters real quick. Uh, Mechanics-wise, I actually picked the career Sentinel, and then Sheehan Expert, because how you say it. I'm probably saying it wrong, because I like to say things wrong. And right off the bat, we had an extra 150, so I just took uh, Condition, Street Smarts, Sheehan Technique, and a thing of, of Reflect. I don't really need to go through skills, but Force Powers, uh, obviously I, I also took, took Sentinel. And, and uh, but I took my starting specialization as Shadow, so that I could be uh, good at Core Worlds, Deception, and Skullduggery, mm -hmm. and then as well, more Skullduggery and Stealth for my character. Um, for Force Powers, I took Alter, and Sense, and Suppress. But just the basics of each of those. I mm -hmm. ended up still having unused experience points from those initial 150 because I didn't spend it all properly. Hence being <laughs> terrible at a lightsaber. Right. Like, just so bad. <laughs> Alright. So, I see uh, Emil going, uh, I'm going to add in the uh, mm -hmm. career specialization tree of the protector. That cost me some experience. I'm going to take Bodyguard, uh, Physician, and Stimpact Specialization, and then Force Protection. Uh, that one's neat. Uh, I get to perform the Force Protection Maneuver. I suffer a strain, and I commit one Force Die, and I can increase my Soak by the number of Force Die committed. And what we talked about earlier is if you commit a Force Die, and you commit it as a Dark Side, each round it's committed adds one more conflict to our total. And then I will take the force rating, which will get me the extra force die. On my computer. So that takes me to 330. So I will then put a couple things into move. Oh, nice. I can do move as a maneuver instead of as an action. I'm sorry. That's enhance. I can do enhance as a maneuver. And I'll put a few things into skills. And we don't need to bore everybody with what skills I'm going into. Obviously, I'm going to give myself at least one in discipline, considering he didn't have any. And he's trying to use force abilities. Also, under Sheehan Expert, get myself with grit. Just enough to do So we're up to 350 earned experience points? Is that right? Yeah. On the character generator, yep. where it says uh, used used XP. Okay, four fifty total. My total. used is only two sixty total. <laughs> you have to spend a few more things. Um, I've gone into force powers yeah. and I've bought a bunch more in um, heal and harm, and in sense and suppress. Okay. I'm going to take some sense thoughts too. Okay. How do I 
managed to get this in this character sheet generator to not have leftover experience points to spend on characteristics. I always end up with like 10 experience points that I could spend on experience on characteristics. I can't even uh, figure out too. a way to like, I, 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 I reduced them, them back down to zero oh. across the board and said, okay, here we go. We've got a hundred. How do we use a hundred to use it all? <laughs> I can't figure out how. I feel like I'm not good at math when this happens. Yeah, me neither. I am not the greatest. That's why I just let the computer do it. That's why I love the uh, character generator. I still have that another all 100 left to spend. 105. I'm just um, seeing if there was another specialization to purchase where I could go in to do some more skill buying. Right, where do I go to buy uh, the extra force die? Force die. Oh, okay. It's going to be at the bottom of a tree. Um, and you said you started with shadow. Is that correct? At yep. The bottom of uh, uh, force rating. If you open up uh, shadow. Okay, so I'll work my way down to that. Bottom left. Yep. So you can just yeah. Which if you went straight down that tree, roughly. Five experience points left. Unless you already going straight down there. that tree of shadow. There we go. Yep. Oh, shadow's pretty good. Yep. So you took street smart, mental fortress. Yeah, wouldn't that be skeptic. nice, eh? Could use that in the real world. Codebreaker. Anatomy I don't see unrelenting skeptic in here. Ah, uh, right. I see. Uh, dodge oh, and codebreaker anatomy lessons oh. and uh, force rating. Yeah, it's probably changed. I have the beta book. Yeah, it is. Too cheap to buy the uh, new one when the character generator mm -hmm. does everything for me. My normal wow. gaming group where we go, the bookshelf has almost all the books on it. So I usually just refer and the cards to too. I always wanted to get I the cards. All of them, but the majority of them. We have a couple packs of those adversary cards. They're great for lower powered characters, but once you get over yeah. 150, 200 XP, you'll destroy them quick. They're just not built for that that much. So awesome! All right, uh, I think that's it as far as oh, advancing. I shouldn't. I should have added equipment. <laughs> Armored robes. Uh. You have pretty much everything you want. Yeah. Uh, it just gives you a defense. One and one. One ranged, one uh, melee. Uh, in between acts one and two, we leveled up our advanced our characters. Now we're between acts two and three. We should advance them again. Uh, main goal here is to get that third force die. I am going to add in the specialization um, aggressor. I feel like my character is getting more angry, especially at the end where he mm -hmm. basically cut somebody down who had surrendered, which we'll get to that in a minute. Two aggressor. That will take intimidating, fearsome. I'll end up with two ranks of fearsome. Another point strain. And there's my force rating. Oh, and we are adding 300 experience this time. And that'll put us up to a total of 
750 is what I'll have used. Yep. I'm also going to go back into Sheehan Expert. Give myself some parry. Toughened. I like Counter-Strike. Defensive Stance. Then I'm going to grab Dedication and increase my Cunning by one. Over here and give myself a few more skills and a few things. Well, the first thing I did was went in and spent more points on medicine so that I can make better checks with the uh, heal. Um, yeah, with the heal. Uh, I bought a new specialization. I took Executioner and ran that down to increase my force rating nice. to plus one. And for force powers, I picked up Bind. That's a good one. What? a little bit further into bind just to see how that would go. It's not something I've ever used before, so I'm kind of interested to see where that's going to be. And uh, I had just the basic sense power before, so now I've run that down a little bit to increase the magnitude. Okay. I didn't do much more with move. Did a little with enhance. A lot. None of that makes sense for him to do, but I do qualify for protect slash unleash now. Oh, nice. Since my guy did have protector before, I'm going to grab uh, the basic protect. Uh, going to go up to the control, uh, one for defense and strain. So I can spend some advantages to gain defense equal to advantages. Strength, I'll get one of those. And then I will go down to control all so I can spend darks or Spend force points to protect against all types of attacks. Or if I do unleash, I can give it ensnare too. That's good for that part. Grab a couple things to give me some more wounds. Toughened ones at the top. Grit. One more strain. One more rank of parry. Everything on that one. Don't crash on. While we're waiting for this to uh, save, I had a thought. Uh, in the last act, that guy was basically surrendering at the end mm-hmm. until he mentioned, mentioned my home planet. And then I went nuts and killed him. You did. Here's the question for conflict. I feel like I murdered somebody who was helpless. Would you agree? Hmm. Were they helpless? Not really helpless because he could, I guess he could defend himself. He was giving up. You definitely killed someone who'd surrendered. Yeah, but I wouldn't say he was helpless. Exactly. But he wasn't a real threat to me either. I think I'll split it down the middle. Because if you murder somebody who's helpless or not a threat, it actually says 10 plus on the conflict. But he had already attacked. But he kind of was a threat. So I think I'll... I think it's fair to split that and do a little less than 10. Sure. Because I feel like he gave in to anger. For sure gave in to anger. Without failure, he gave in to anger. He acted rashly. All right. Just save this real quick. Wow. Character sheet is now 12 pages. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. 12 pages is getting up there. Have mine all saved. You ready to jump back in? Yes. Well, that was a character advancement for Acts 1 and 2. Again, tune in next time for Acts 
three, four, our character advancement between act three and four, as well as our little discussion on how everything went. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Hit me up on Discord, Twitter. Uh, let me know what you're thinking, and I will talk to you later. Uh, hey, it's A1. Just wanted you guys to know that Redemption is played using the Star Wars role-playing system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Anybody ever wants to get a hold of us, the ship's comm code is at RedemptionPod. Uh, plus, don't tell anybody, but I put a Holonet page up for us. Uh, it's RedemptionPodcast.com. And uh, if you can, get on your datapad there and like us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, maybe Stitcher, or whatever other podcatcher you use. Uh, it'd be nice if other people could listen to us. And if uh, you ever want to support us and maybe throw us some credits, uh, you could visit patreon.com slash redemption. I promise I'll use your credits wisely and won't go gambling. Really, I won't. Don't look at me that way. Hey, one, who are you talking to? <clears throat> ah, goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>